Welcome to Staffing Stories, hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. Welcome back to Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and I am happy to be broadcasting this one. But yeah, as you see, I've got my glasses on, so getting old is really stinks. So <laughs> want to make sure everybody knows that. But um, I am bringing on a good friend of mine from the great state of Florida, Mr. Bill Pepler, the COO of Cavaliero. And I, hey, Andy. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the the what I call the not so hot seat. But uh, <laughs> it's a it's a pleasure to have you on and. You know, we're going to talk through Bill's, you know, Genesis story, but also we're going to dive into some topics about, you know, diversification and your work um, and, you know, going after new business lines that you have to adapt to. So stick with us here. We're going to kind of, you know, jump into it. But Bill, introduce yourself. Yes. Nice to see you again. And unfortunately, I had to make the move to glasses myself about two years ago. Um, <laughs> so that's part of maybe it being in this industry for as long as you and I have. But yes, I'm Bill Pepler. I'm a chief operating officer for Cavaliero. I am Florida-based here in Orlando, Florida. We have offices across the country. This is our 13th year of uh, business uh, as Cavaliero. I spent a good portion of my career with Technosource and then a good, uh, good amount of time at Robert Half International before my partners and I started Cavaliero. And uh, it's been a great run, great evolution. Uh, as we've added different service lines throughout the years. And certainly uh, you and I could share some war stories and, and probably uh, uh, talk for hours about this industry. So, but I appreciate you inviting me and, and being on. Well, let's just dive into it a little bit. Your business line is very interesting, but you had to take some, I guess, some paths that, you know, were, you know, came through some, you know, I guess, uh, um, challenging with uh, some customers. So kind of walk me through, we were talking in the green room about this, but I kind of want to just jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I talk about the evolution of where we are today as Cavaliero, I think about the journey and, you know, in that 13 years, there's been an ebb and flow and highs and lows. And, and you think about what we're currently going through with our economy, what we've gone, what have we gone through with, the, uh, with COVID, uh, the financial crisis, you know, even going back before that in my career, before Cavalero, you think about what we went through uh, with the mortgage crisis, with uh, Y2K, the dot-com yeah. boom and bust. You know, I always think that companies in our space find a way to uh, procure revenue. Uh, and, you know, some years it might be uh, permanent-based revenue or direct hire revenue. Sometimes it might be statement of work, contract, contract to hire. But, you know, I was just talking to you and kind of reliving a story that happened to us a few years back and the genesis of where we are today, where Cavalier really has five distinct lines of business, uh, five buckets of revenue where we uh, grow. And by the way, 2022 was our best year ever from top yeah. line standpoint. So, you know, we've seen some growth and uh, but the genesis really came from when uh, we were told a couple of years ago, we were a part of a very successful vendor management program where we had consistently top performed our scorecards were always in the top five percent from an audit standpoint big brand name that everybody would know 
and uh, they were going to an updated RFP. And, uh, you know, we were, I'll never forget this. We were very honest with our feedback on pricing, especially in the market. I think it's important to understand uh, and be a really good partner customer and be honest from your pricing standpoint. And they were looking for a rate card and, uh, you know, you can do those things many different ways. You can, you can price them accordingly, fair with what the market is, is bearing and using all the tools that we all have access to through the Department of Labor and, and through the other amazing technology partners that many of our, our firms have access to. Or you could be the lowest bidder and really try to outbid uh, all your customers. Well, we went with the honest approach and uh, that approach backfired on us. And I'll never forget it. We got the message. It was like three or four days before um, holiday break, Christmas break. And, you know, in this industry, that's usually between Christmas and New Year's is a, is a time to kind of regroup and plan and get set for the next year. Uh, and I'll never forget when that message was delivered. It made me and my partners feel like we were really just viewed as a commodity, yeah. not necessarily a true partner with our client. We felt like we had done everything that was asked of us. We've been a great vendor on this program for many years. We took care of our people. There was uh, people that had stayed with us on project for many years. Uh, we made them feel like they were part of our firm. And uh, yeah, that message was really, really hard to take. Uh, and you could do with that many different ways. You can you know, tell the customer you're wrong and you'd be upset yeah. about it. Or, or you could find ways to look inward and say, okay, where can we improve? What can we do better? And uh, that's one thing I think through my career is that I admittedly do not have all the answers. You know, every day I come into an office, I learn things from other people uh, on our company, clients. Uh, I learned so much from newer people, generations that are, are new to this, Andy, like you and I have been on for a while. When people come into it, they may have a different take. Um, so looking inward as a company, we realized that we needed to diversify exactly who we were to our customer base. We wanted to make sure that there was, it, make it was really hard to break up with us, uh, yes. per se. Uh, so we made a distinct uh, decision to really offer different services. So workforce solutions, what you and I call staffing, absolutely still a huge part of what we do. We really went in after. Uh, we really went after government services uh, lines of business. We actually hold a top secret clearance as a company ourselves, so we thought that was a competitive advantage that we could go after the cleared and top secret space. Yep. And very, very proud of the work that we do there. Uh, we also launched a managed services business uh, that co- corresponds with our project services division. So those are more moves, ad changes, technology help desk outsourcing areas that for years we were getting calls and saying, hey, can we get an extension of the people part of the business, but we want a service. And for years, we had been referring that business to uh, you know, great partners, but started to think about it as like, what would be the difference if we hired those people ourselves and, and offered an extension of, of the people part of the business? And so we did that. And then our most recent uh, practice that we launched is going on 20 months now is our Salesforce uh, practice, which is in the revenue cloud CPQ space. And that is from an integration uh, standpoint. We are a certified SI partner within Salesforce. Uh, new ecosystem for us. We actually even made a, a micro acquisition here a few months ago in that space. But all these lines of business were distinct uh, ways for us to diversify who we were. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to say that uh, you know there's always difficult times from an economy standpoint. But we wanted to make sure that it was just not a commodity, just not a number. Hey, we're having tough times. You're the, the vendor that we're cutting. 
Um, those are really tough decisions. We've all been a part of it, but that particular one was the genesis for us to say, okay, let's look inward and find ways to diversify our business. I loved it when you said um, our industry has to adapt. We, you know, we, we are an industry of change. I mean, yes. we've, we, I've been through what three recessions and it's, it's always going to happen. I mean, you can just count on it. So if you're young into this business, you're going to go through recessions, but also you right. have to be willing to um, take on something that you're probably not trained at doing. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that yep. maybe you weren't trained at MSA or business, but you either had to bring on resources that were smarter than you to do it or, oh yeah, uh, you know, kind of explain that. Did you, did you go outside of, maybe the family tree and kind of bring in some expertise? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And yes, um, when you and I probably got started, we were on Rolodexes and hard copy <laughs> resumes, oh, faxing them to our customers. And uh, <clears throat> I remember I remember those days and we're not too far away from it. Just think of how much has evolved in the last yeah. 20 plus years. Um, but yes, so we realized that, again, you're working with people that are in our ecosystem, but just maybe a little bit different from the workforce solutions standpoint, but you're talking to people in technology and that's 80% of what we do is IT and engineering. So you know who the people are, but yes, we needed to hire those people, convince them that our culture that we built at Cavaliero was one that we could add on different parts of our business, bring on subject matter experts to our company and tell them that, hey, you're empowered. You're a partner to us. We, we're looking for your advice and expertise we know our business really well. And uh, again, that's always evolving. And we talk about, a lot of companies talk about their culture and having an open door policy. It's one that we, we truly believe in. Uh, people come to us with ideas all the time. And, and uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of is a few years ago, we created and exited a, a software company in the HR tech space that came within the walls of Cavaliero. It's kind yeah. of built with an entrepreneurship mindset from Cavalier. It came from one of our recruiters at the time, came to me on a Monday morning with an idea. And we exited that opportunity 39 months after inception. That's a product that's still used uh, by Bullhorn uh, daily uh, today. So that is something that speaks about the culture and having, at the time I had 18 years plus in this industry and the person who came up with the idea had six months and yeah. I could have said, no way, you know, that's not going to work. Instead, it's like, okay, I could see the value immediately when he talked to me about it. And the rest was just that culture that allowed for that. But yeah, we had to hire a lot of times people through our ecosystem, subject matter experts that felt empowered to come in and make a difference for Cavaliero. But yeah, you couldn't do it all yourself. And, and anyone, any leader who tries to do that, they're usually the ones that are struggling when you, when you don't ask for help. Yeah, you got you got to check the ego at the door, and I, I've always oh, yeah. e ego will make you broke. And no doubt, I like that. Uh, it's 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 something that you know I learned the hard way, and I think most people in our industry are A type personalities. We're going to go get it, and um, as the athlete, I mean, you got to be able to say, "Hey, I, I I am not a good wide receiver, but I'm a great quarterback." So, uh, oh yeah, bring, bring in the talent. But one thing, I've, you know, when I got a chance to meet you. Uh, we met kind of in a group that um, as leaders, we have to almost, you know, share knowledge within other individuals in our, in our industry. And yeah. you've all been like, Hey, I don't look at you as a competitor. I look at you as somebody that, Hey, you may know something different than me. And That's I right. think if, if I'm encouraging listeners to say, Hey, step outside your walls and go to 
these SIA events, ASA events, but when you meet somebody, you know, break bread with them or, you know, meet outside like monthly or quarterly and swap ideas. Oh yeah. And, and I'm a big believer and we're heading down to uh, exec forum next week, which is something that my leadership team, we try to attend every single year. Yeah. Got the home court advantage being in Florida this year, uh, but had a great meeting last year in Austin. And uh, certainly we missed the, the, the event last time in Miami when COVID got in the way, but um, I'm a big believer in this, this world where, you know, we come from many of the, the companies that uh, are, are pillars in our industry, right? I speak about my time very highly at Robert Half. I know companies that and where your background came from. These are companies that are so well-respected and have done it for so long. You'd be foolish not to pick the brains of people that have done it and learned and, and even the ones who have left and created these other mega companies. And I'm a big believer in having friends in this industry. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, you can pick the brains of, hey, how do you guys do this? Is there a particular commission plan that motivates your team? Uh, and, you know, there's some forums within uh, TechServe, which is which is great. They, they will put you on individual things. They're staffing roundtable groups that my company is yep. a part of from C-level even to di uh, division director level from our recruiters. We get so much value in that group. And, and all the things that are shared in the, the staffing roundtables are really kind of held confidentially. Yep. So you're not taking what you get from XYZ company and putting it in a proposal for your company. Yeah. It's just a sounding board. Uh, almost like a, a loose board of advisors that you can say, hey, are we going down the right path on this? But yeah, I I'm a big believer in relationships. And if we can all pick up something from each other, again, going back to my point, I, I don't have all the answers. My God, as soon as you think you do, by yeah. the way, this, this industry humbles you tremendously. Really and um, yeah, that ego, check your ego at the door is so true because Look. there's uh, there's companies being built every single day that's coming to eat your lunch unless you do, don't do that. Well, the big thing, you know, it's so much tech out there these days. I know with my 3D IQ product, you know, referrals and people will say, I've used this. They love it. They talk about it. You know, as an owner of a business, you want to verify some of these things because there's so many that you can bring on and be right. able to, okay, have you used this? Did you like it? I mean, what was your experience with implementation? Um, and you having a software, you know, uh, SaaS operations. I think that's big when you can have a sounding board that says, Hey, I've tried it, you know, don't use this or it didn't work for us. And this is why. Oh yeah. That's uh, by the way, our software company that we created, the first customer we had was uh, actually fraternity brothers of mine that own a, another staffing company that doesn't compete with us. Uh, in fact, there's probably five or six companies that are in our space that are all developed by fraternity brothers of ours from UCF, which is crazy. If you added all the amounts of revenue of these companies, you wouldn't believe it. Um, and yeah, there was nothing in the water at UCF that said you had to go into staffing. I think yeah. we all we all just uh, took an opportunity very young and made the best out of it. But I'll never forget when we, that product that I spoke about, it was one that, okay, this is, we thought it was really valuable, like at, in our company walls, but I wanted feedback from another customer and I said, I'll never forget. I said, I want you to tell me if this is something worthwhile. If it stinks, I want yeah. you to break it. I want you to give me real-time feedback because I think, and that was a, a very tough decision. Do we just keep this product for ourselves? I know you've had to go through this yeah. yourself. Or is there something that we could share with the 
workforce solutions ecosystem in the marketplace. And um, so that feedback was was really uh, influential us in saying, okay, there's something more here that we could share to the to the marketplace. But that doesn't happen unless you have friends in the industry. <clears throat> in this case, they were fraternity brothers, but uh, that you can pick up the phone saying, tell me if this stinks, if I'm yeah. going down the wrong path, I want to hear it. Um, so yeah, to your point, it's really important to have friends. And, and I think we both come from companies that have now spun off so many other companies that are doing great things uh, in our marketplace. And you could, you know, all the stories that we could all share about where they yeah. came from, very similar to the backgrounds that you and I came from. So yeah, embrace those friends. You know, I don't think uh, when you hold things too close to the vest and you consider the competition as just that competition and enemies, you're losing, you're, you're losing. But if you embrace diversity and knowing that this is, this industry is way bigger than any one company, any 100 companies could compete in. Uh, so let's find different ways of helping each other. And at the end of the day, you both become stronger companies from that help. I love it. I, um, all right. I'll get you a, a little vulnerable here. What yeah. was the worst mistake you ever made? Wow. Uh, worst mistake we've ever made. We've made some mistakes. There, there's definitely a few, um, you know, people or projects or maybe entities that you thought you could go down a path and, and thought the barrier to entry would not be too great. Um, let's see. Some of the things that jump out at me is, um, you know, decisions that we made that, um, you know, going down the going down the path of new service lines and and they're all not they're not all hits by the way yeah. the story that i the story that i shared earlier was an amazing success story for us and one that talks about our culture but there's been other things that we thought hey could this work and quickly realizing they don't i think the key is uh, or hires that or uh, people you, i you mean make, like yeah just, i'm thinking think this person could be that leader and it's like just you know you find absolutely. out really i put them in a wrong spot or her yep, and i think I think that the way that we learn from those is making decisions quickly, right? Uh, so the old adage of making, uh, whether hiring or new entities, really going slow in the process, but when things need to go the opposite way, making those decisions relatively fast. And I think that, I think through the years of people or parts of our company that are no longer here, I'm hoping, and I think I know this, but I hope that all those people know that we thought of their best interest in hand. And okay. for whatever reason, it did not work here, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't value added from there. But the decision to move on uh, was in benefit, hopefully, of them and as us as a company standpoint. But yeah, those are those are not fun things to revisit, that's for sure. No, but I mean, this is a business that, you know, we've had unbelievable people that are just great people just this business didn't click with and it's just absolutely like, I'm, I'm holding you back from making your your nut somewhere but uh, no doubt but la last question as we wrap up so if you're streaming right now netflix amazon <laughs> what what's what's your uh, streamer of choice and what's the show you're watching right now oh man that is a good question so I'm a big sports guy. So if uh, if there's not a live sporting event, I, I have a hard time catching up on these uh, these investments of shows that are multiple seasons in yeah. advance. Even if I understand that, hey, Game of Thrones is an amazing show. What season is it on? Oh, they're on season five. I, yeah. I'm out. I can't. Yeah. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to watch the four seasons before that. 
Um, so I'm, I'm the more of a documentary type uh, show kind of person. So my wife and I are both infatuated uh, with the Murdaugh trial and everything that's happening in South Carolina. So we consume all the uh, shows, the HBO version, the Netflix version. Uh, she, she even had me watching and listening to the, uh, the trial the other day. So we're more into those real crime docuseries than actual shows. Uh, but I do love um, the Brian Cranston show that's on uh, Showtime right now uh, in New Orleans. Uh, that, that's a great show. So Breaking Bad before that and, uh, and uh, the spinoff from that as well with Saul. Uh, I love those shows. But yeah, mostly live sporting events guy. Yeah, I'm the same way. But I appreciate you uh, sharing your knowledge with me today and our listeners. And um, I always appreciate it. And I'm, I'm here for you at any time. Anytime, Andy. Good to connect. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. The Staffing Stories podcast is brought to you by 3DIQ, founded by recruiters for recruiters. 3DIQ's industry-leading product suite complements your submission process in Bullhorn from start to finish and helps you deliver a cutting-edge customer experience. Triple your placements with our powerful resume submission platform, candidate marketing, and client portal. Visit 3DIQ.com stories to learn more.